set aside your blue hymnal from here until the sermon. We'll be using the green hymnal. And after the sermon, we'll put this down and we'll use the blue one to the very end. So pretty well green from here to the sermon and blue after. You will note that the hymn is not printed in the bulletin. Uh, it will have green before it or something like that to let you know. Uh, the hymn of the day before the sermon is 63 out of the green hymnal. I'm going to make a lot of announcements like this uh, so that the uh, transition is uh, less painful. Less painful. So, uh, page 7 in your green hymnal. Please stand. There are words for the pastor to say. It says silently, but this morning I'm going to do them out loud. I'll normally be doing that during the last stanza of the hymn of invocation. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and truly repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a merciful Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, who heartily repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and sincerely and earnestly purpose, by the assistance of God the Holy Spirit, henceforth to amend your sinful lives. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The introit, as we have been using it out of the white bulletin insert, we will again use. Uh, however, I will do the antiphon from Have Mercy to For I Have Called Upon Thee. As usual, you'll start with in thee, but I want you to go ahead and chant the antiphon that's repeated with me. So I won't do it by myself at the end. You'll do it with me. Okay? Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon Thee. In Thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. 
We just did the complete introit, so we won't be doing the Gloria Patri again. We've already chanted that. If you turn the page over, we'll begin after the introit as we usually do with the Kyrie. God, we beseech thee, show thy mercy unto thy humble servants, that we who put no trust in our own merits may not be dealt with after the severity of thy judgment, but according to thy mercy, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. You may be seated. This morning, as usual, we'll be using the Old Testament and the Epistle and the Gospel. Between the Old Testament and the Epistle, there's no thanks be to God sung. Leanne won't play the notes for that, so it'll go from one right to the other. And uh, you probably want to get over to page 16, where it has the Gospel and the responses that are there. Other than that, the gradual will come from within the bulletin insert. So put that bulletin insert on page 16. The Old Testament reading for the third last Sunday of the church year is from the 49th chapter of the book of Isaiah, beginning at the 12th verse. Surely these shall come from afar. Look, those from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. 
Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall make haste. Your destroyers are those who laid you waste. Shall Your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from the fourth chapter of the book of 1 Thessalonians, beginning at the 13th verse. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we also, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. His truth shall be shield and buckler. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation just such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he is in the desert, do not go out, or look, he is in the inner room, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For who, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The Nicene Creed is on page 17 in your green hymnal. And if you're used to doing it by memory, you might want to read it this morning. There are the quick and the dead and a couple word changes. The Creed. 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hymn number 63 in the Green Hymnal. You may be seated.
we stand. Our sermon text is from St. Matthew, chapter 24, verse 15 and 16. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, then let those who are Judea, who are in Judea, flee to the mountains. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Over the past years, I have undertaken a teaching of the words of our hymnody, our excellent Lutheran hymnody, so that we might learn them by heart. They're not just feel-good hymns with little substance. Those hymns are teaching the faith, the substance of the faith, and they provide God's people with strength in times of trouble. So we've been learning those hymns. The choir's been singing and working on the hymns of the day as well. Uh, for those of you who have been following along in the, in the reading schedules, uh, Deuteronomy 31 is one of the readings. It is of Moses as he practices or teaches the congregation, practices with them some hymnody. He's got a particular purpose, though, in his teaching. It was specifically called the Song of Moses, for he wrote it. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy 31. Now therefore, write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness against a witness for me against the children of Israel. When I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to give their fathers, and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them, and they will provoke me and break my covenant. And then it shall be, when many evils and troubles have come upon them, that this song will testify against them as a witness, for it will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know the inclination of their behavior today, and even before I have brought them to the land of which I swore to give them. So Moses taught some hymnody too, but particularly in this one, he wrote this hymn as he is getting ready to die, and he wants to leave it behind to be a witness against them. Moses knew they would rebel against God, and they would sin. Later, Moses said, Quote, For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt. Turn aside from the way which I commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord. You will provoke him to anger with the work of your hands. So that's why Moses taught them. He wanted the Israelites to know this hymn, so that when they did sin, and when they experienced the evil consequences of their sin, this hymn was still in their hearts and minds, and it could lead them back to repentance. You see what a loving and faithful pastor that Moses was, giving them this to, to lead them back. So in today's Holy Gospel, we have Jesus, and he is in his prophetic office. The Israelites, who were in the Promised Land, had done just what Moses said. They had turned away from God they had done evil in their sin. And as a result of their sin, they were being ruled over, not by descendants of Solomon, by the Roman government. And they were experiencing this. The solution to their problem was the coming of the Messiah. The Israelite, uh, the Israelite nation who were in the promised land, who had turned away from God, uh, they were to have a Messiah. John the Baptist was going to uh, arrive. He was going to point out Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Then Jesus appears on the scene, and by his teaching and his miracles shows that he is the Savior. But there were a small number of those who put their faith in Jesus. The vast majority turned away from the Savior. We see that with the leaders of the nations who then put Jesus to death. And so, as a warning against them, the temple curtain uh, was torn in two, it said, from top to bottom. 
if, if man had done it, it would have been from bottom to top, but from top to bottom is God's doing. And so God is giving them a witness. He's warning them, here's what you're doing. Jesus knew that they would not heed his words. More than that, he knew that if they treated him poorly, they would also treat his disciples the same way. The Christians would be thrown out of the synagogues because they thought it was a sect that was incompatible with the Jewish faith, but that was not true. Those who preached and taught that Jesus was the Christ would be persecuted. They would be killed. And so the end result of all of this rejection, there's always consequences. The rejection of God's Son was the destruction of the temple. And that happened in 70 A.D. Like Daniel before him, Jesus foretold the end of the Jewish religion. The temple would be destroyed, the city of Jerusalem would be burned, and the Jewish religion, which had now rejected the Messiah, would be left desolate of true worshipers. However, Jesus, like Moses, had a pastoral heart. Jesus gives them signs and instructions on how to escape this great disaster which is to come. First of all, Jesus says, flee to the mountains. Do not stay in Jerusalem. Do not stay there. You will not be safe. You have to flee. You have to run away. When the abomination is standing in the holy place, it's time to flee. And in Luke 21, it goes on to give more specific signs and speaks about the armies that are surrounding Jerusalem. When you see these things, flee to the mountains. Second, Jesus speaks about don't wait. Don't wait until winter. Don't delay your exodus until you are forced to leave. If you wait until you're forced, it may happen on a Sabbath day. You might find the gates closed because that's what happened on the Sabbath, preventing your departure. Don't make your flee, your escape while your wife is pregnant. Get out of town early. Don't return to your houses to get your clothes or possessions or anything else. Your delay will only impede your escape. And I'm pleased to say that the Christians, the others not so much, but the Christians actually listened to Jesus' words and they did leave Jerusalem and they fled to the city of Pella in the Transjordan Mountains before the destruction came. The uh, armies came around it and then they had to leave for a while and they got out before they came back and finished off the city. This brings me to the application of this text. And it, it is a difficult text. What does this text have to do with 21st century Christians? Well, the Israelites' people have already disobeyed and rejected the Christ. So that's done. The destruction of Jerusalem, yep, that's already occurred. The Jewish Old Testament religion has been extinguished. Even those Jews who still are trying to attempt to carry it on can't do it. There is no temple. There are no sacrifices. You can't actually even uh, practice the religion as it is directed in the Old Testament. In fact, most are no longer even looking for a Messiah at all. They're dealing with worldly things. This is surely not the religion of the Old Testament. So what does it mean? What does this text mean for us today? Well, Jesus mixes into this text the end. The end, not only of the Jewish religion, which had rejected Christ, but the other end, the end of the world. Yes, this text also speaks of the end of the world. Because of the rejection of Jesus, there will be an end, a destruction of all that is opposed to the one true God. The end is coming and everything upon the earth will be destroyed. But our gracious God has provided a way out. And like Moses speaking to the Israelites and Jesus to the first century Christians, so we have been given the words of instruction, words to warn us ahead, to save ourselves from the destruction that happens at the end of the world. First, in order that there may be something new, we have to remember that something old must die. In order for there to be 
a seed that becomes a plant, the old form must be buried in the ground or it will not sprout a new plant. In order for Jesus to rise up from the dead to give us our salvation, he must first suffer and die upon a cross. The wrath of God must be satisfied before we can sing our hallelujahs of the resurrection. And for us, we need to know that in order for you to become born again, there needs to be a death. The sinful, in order for there to be a new birth, the sinful birth must die, must be put to death. Your old sinful nature must be killed. And thankfully, God has provided a means for that. Through the preaching of his word, your sin is exposed. And God preaches forth his wrath. Thank God that he has provided for us by giving us a baptism. A baptism of repentance. Yes, for the forgiveness of sins. But with that, there has to be a drowning of the old Adam. That there might be a rising of that which is new. Our God is letting us know ahead of time that through these means we might escape the end, the destruction, the wrath, for we are saved, and God will take us from that. Second, now that you are saved, now that you have been saved by your baptism into Christ, that the Word has shown you your sins and you trust in Christ, you are to lead lives of thankfulness in which you flee from wickedness and false teaching. So, the words of Christ says, that you will not perish with this evil world. So we must leave behind the things of this world. Once again, your life is to be changed. Your life, if it is to be changed, something has to die. If you're going to begin to read the word of God daily, something else will have to go away. If you're going to begin to offer to God your thanksgiving and praise, There's going to be other things that are not going to occupy your attention and thanksgiving. If you're going to begin to give to God a portion of your income, something else will have to die that you might provide it. You cannot cling to your old life, to your old hate of your enemies, to your old revenge. If you're going to love your enemies, if you're going to do good to those who persecute you, Something has to go, that there might be new life. We have to flee from the old, that we might receive that which is new. And so then, the Lord having taught through Moses, and then through Jesus, and then now as he leaves us his word, so that we too, the gospel message, well, must be sung. It must be sung that it might be a witness for us. It must be sung by his followers throughout the world. We are to gather each Sunday that we might receive the divine service, singing of it, if you will, that he might foretell, it might be a witness to others of the salvation that God has provided for us. The verse before today's Holy Gospel says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. As we await the end of the world, we continue to sing forth the gospel, to proclaim it, to receive it, to gather in our divine service, to receive it in word and sacrament, that it might be a witness, a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Amen. We stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Get out your blue hymnal. Create in me, page 
Let us pray. Almighty God, everlasting Father, we give thanks to you that you have made us your true children, that you have brought us forgiveness of sins and turned aside uh, the wrath uh, because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us that we now might live in that mercy and favor. Though we live in a sinful world and daily see around us the signs of the coming end of all things, direct our hope in his salvation, that we might be spared judgment and endure to the end. Let us pray to the Lord. We ask that you would give your church on earth the Holy Spirit so that the pure teachings of your word would create faith in Christ and that your children would lead godly lives. Use your pastors in Christ, including our Bishop James and our pastors Gary and Michael, so that their preaching and teaching Your will would be done to break and hinder every evil plan of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, as well as all false Christs and prophets. We ask that our director, Keeley, would be upheld and strengthened in her work on behalf of our learning center. Give us cheerful hearts to consider our abundant blessings and resolve to bring to you a fitting portion of our income and time over the next year. Give us the perception to see that the wars and rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, natural disasters, tribulation, lawlessness, and divisions in the church are all signs that the Son of Man will soon return in glory to judge the world, and that using these signs of his return, we ask that you would bring your church to repentance, strengthen her in her proclamation of the gospel to the ends of the earth for the salvation of many. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our nation, its president, all who serve in government, that we who rejoice in your truth may be permitted without restriction to declare your glory and serve you. Protect body and possessions. Protect our police officers from harm and danger. Provide healing for those who have become injured in the line of duty. And finally, give courage and loyalty to those who protect our land, that they may curb violence and maintain law and order. Guide and protect our military personnel, especially Danny, Jason, Blake, our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex, from all harm and danger, and in your good time, bring them back home to us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. Bless our shut-ins, Carolyn, Patty, and Tom, our elderly, Violet. Provide for the needs of Kevin, Levi, Larry and Deb, Christina, Harold, Jim and Charlotte, Denise, Melanie, and especially this week uh, for Anita. Be with those who are pregnant, with Susan and Christina, as well as with our students, with Tom, Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie, and Alexis. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord O Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the suffering and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. And salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God of Sabbath, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the Lord of heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. We implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Blessed the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.